I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 140. 140. I hope I get 140 Christmas presents. Oh, gosh. Okay. Think it'll happen? Uh, I think not. No. But I know you will get a lot. You got a big family. Well, we draw names. True. Because who can afford all that? Very true. Well, we don't have an intro this week. So if you're do your intro, remember... Send that shit in. And if you're not on Patreon and you want to do an intro, then you need to go to patreon.com slash the APC podcast and, you know, sign up. And you get a, basically a bonus episode a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first one. Hey, ladies, please substitute my name for your favorite golden girl. Who do you want to do this week? Let's do Rose. We haven't, we don't ever do Rose. Okay. Yeah. Rose. Well, so I'm researching for the story I'm doing, like, ahead of time, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Like, Miami is mentioned once in there, and all I know now is you singing, Miami is nice, so I'll say it twice, Miami is nice, Miami is nice, Miami (laughs) is nice, you said it three times, okay, Miami is nice, so I'll say it thrice. (laughs) Yes, and so, like, I literally sang that, and I was like, oh, God, okay, I'm gonna have to write that down, (laughs) mention it, so if you hear it on Monday's episode, just know You heard it here first. So she was on my mind today. Okay. All right. All right. Well, this one is from Rose. Y'all probably don't even know it, but y'all are my best friends. You know, the kind of friends that your significant other kind of rolls their eyes at because you spend so much time with them, like in the shower, in the car, in the kitchen cooking, you know, regular bestie stuff. Love that. (laughs) Also, I would love to spend time with you at all those places because I am a creepy, needy person. She's not lying. I'm not lying. I found your podcast a couple of months ago, and all my other podcasts are on hold because I literally can't stop listening to y'all. Okay, so let me get right to it. These stories are actually from my ex-husband. If I got anything from that failed marriage, it's his ghost stories. I've always been drawn to ghost stories and the creepy stuff. So naturally, at the beginning of our joke, I mean relationship, I asked him, have you ever seen a ghost? And the stories he told me scared me as much as they fascinated me. So I shall share the creepiness with my friends. He told me that when he was younger, he had a few ghost encounters or what he described more as just terrifying events in his childhood. Around the age of six, he said he was sitting on the toilet, feet dangling, waiting on the business. You know, what five-year-olds do on the throne. He said the door was halfway open when he noticed it start to shut slowly. Then he watched the door and saw a hand reach from behind the halfway closed door. He said he screamed, closed his eyes, and then when he opened his eyes back up, it was gone. I bet he shit after that. (laughs) Fear farted at least. Fast forward to about age eight, living in the same house. He was sitting on his bed one night when he looked up and saw a figure standing in his doorway. He said she was kind of see-through and cloudy looking, but she looked like a solid figure. He said she just stared at him with an emotionless expression on her face. I asked, did she look mean, mad, sad? He says no, just stared right at me. He described her as being an extra-large pizza, wearing a nurse uniform that looked like it was from the 1950s. He said her hair was pulled back and she was wearing a nurse's cap, one that would match a nurse's uniform from the 1950s. She stood in his doorway to his bedroom, and he, you guessed it, screamed and closed his eyes. Then when his parents ran into the room to check on him, she was gone. His parents never believed any of this that was going on, which is why he was very reserved when sharing his experiences. 
Poor kid. Grew up to be a douche, but still, poor kid. Around that same time, he woke up to burn marks next to his bed. He said it looked like someone wrote on his wall with fire. The only thing that was written was 666 in a kind of triangle shape. His parents thought it was him, which meant they obviously didn't believe him and his traumatic experiences. And they were pissed that this little pyro is trying to set walls on fire. The weird part, fast forward a few years, and his family lost pretty much everything they had to a house fire. I feel like there are dots that could be connected. So his last experience happened around age 12. He said this is around the time in his life when he was being super rebellious, not focusing on schoolwork, smoking, fighting, giving his parents a hard time, typical douchey teenage boy things. A preteen bad boy, if you will. He was sleeping at his grandmother's house on the floor. He said he was laying there on the floor, probably watching WWE or whatever badass little boys watch. He saw a figure of a very tall man walk up to him, look down at him with a grunt sound, then kick him in the stomach, and then walked away and disappeared into the dark. He said he remembers this so vividly because he remembers getting the wind knocked out of him. And you know when you get the wind knocked out of you when you're a kid, you automatically think, this is it, I'm dying, this is how death feels, while you're trying to catch your breath again. He said he recognized the man who kicked him, then walked away. It was his mom's uncle who had passed away years earlier. This uncle was extremely close to his mother. So close, in fact, that she named her firstborn son after him. Can you guess who her firstborn son was? Yep. My ex. He was named after the man that just came and kicked the shit out of him. He said he had an overwhelming feeling like he knew why his uncle would do this. Like I mentioned earlier, this was around the time he started to act out and make very stupid choices, which as a result would stress his poor mother out. He said he thinks his uncle came and was trying to knock some sense into him. As if he was saying, stop being stupid, stop stressing your mother out, jackass. Goosebumps every time. I'm sorry this email is so long, but I've been listening to y'all so much lately that I wanted to include my sinister sightings. Well, they're not mine, but I'm entitled to half of them, right? Thank y'all for always being there for me, even if y'all don't know. P.S. I'm sorry, Carrie, but I just wanted to share with you that I kept my pregnancy test with the pee on it in a bag. We all have sweet memories with a little bit of pee on them. Love y'all, and remember, creep it real and don't get scared. Oh my God, I forgot Rose. about keeping the, the things with the pee. Oh, yeah. Mm. I'm not a fan of keeping the pee tests. Look, we've already discussed that if I had anything, I would purge it a year later. You are such a fucking purger. And then I'd be like, oh man, I wish I didn't get rid of that. But you would never say that about a pee test. Well, not about a pee test, unless it became a TikTok trend to show, oh, it was a pee test and now, look, she's blah, like... 18 yeah. years old. Okay, well, I'm sorry, but a trend like that, all you have to do is just make another one. Also, though, can I say when Carrie read Cloudy, all I could think about was Cloudy with a chance the of meatballs. meatballs. <laughs> and, like, he was a kid, so I don't know. Or maybe I just want pasta. I don't know. And damn right you're entitled to half those stories, so I keep sending them, girl. And uh, LOL at the uncle kicking him. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Like, get your shit together, kid. That's what the uncle was saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, the next one is kind of in line with this. It's titled, I think my ex's house was haunted. Okay, so what have I learned from this episode? If your partner has uh, weird ghost stories, they're probably going to end up being an ex. Just kidding. Hi, y'all. I'm Amber from Mississippi. You two are absolutely wonderful, and I've been listening for a while now, and I'm all caught up. 
I listen to you on the way to work and on the way home. I love y'all. Now, I'm sure this will be long and I apologize in advance. Backstory. So I moved in with my now ex-fiance about four years ago. From the beginning, I always felt scared and uncomfortable in his home. It was a mobile home, outdated and old. Two houses had burned prior to him putting a home there, creepy enough. Well, I would always stay in the bedroom with the door closed and the lights on. One night, I decided it's just your imagination, so I went into the living room. I was laying on the couch, facing the TV, and scrolling through Facebook on my phone. Out of the corner of my eye, I see a black shadow move from the left side of the room and across in front of the TV. I was like, what the fuck? So I ran to the bedroom and closed the door. Also, during the night or any time you were alone, you could hear footsteps coming down the hall. The couch was sitting where you could see directly down the hallway. I always saw a shadow figure in the hallway. It got to the point where I put a huge blanket up so I couldn't see down the hall. Also, walking past the middle bedroom was terrifying as well. It was like something was watching you and was going to grab you. I also put a blanket over that door to that room. I didn't want to see that door or any darkness around it. That's how scary it was. One night, I was taking a shower and I heard the loudest footsteps as I was washing my hair. I immediately opened my eyes and threw the curtain back. No one was home but me. I finally got the nerve to ask my ex had he seen anything in the house and I told him what happened. He just got quiet, then he said he had but he didn't want to scare me since I was alone often, so he never said anything. He then proceeds to tell me that when the home was bought and they were redoing it, they found a pill bottle and some sort of letter in the wall, so it may be someone who had took their own life. Also, events got worse through certain parts of the year every year, so I think the times it got worse could be around the time something terrible happened. We would come home to things misplaced or things we hadn't seen in a while being in a random spot. We also had multiple incidents like the back door being wide open when we arrived home. You could only unlock the door from the inside by two indoor locks. Now, we lived in the middle of the woods, so oh my god, the thought of a wild animal or a person at that being in the house was terrifying. There was also one night we were asleep and awoke to footsteps down the hall. He grabbed a gun and told me to stay there, and when he opened the door, he just stared and then said, Did you cut the light back on in the living room? I replied, No. He shut the door and said, I think someone's in the house. Oh, hell fucking no. Right? He proceeds to go check it out, and I follow. No one. Nothing. Doors locked and closed. Windows shut and locked. No explanation. Also, that middle bedroom had a tall window that was almost floor to ceiling, and whenever I would come home at night, even though there was a curtain over the window, I could feel something staring at me. So I would try not to look at that window as I had to walk by it to get to the front door. I just knew I was going to look up and see someone eventually. When I moved out into my own place, I have not been scared here at all. I've spent many nights alone, And even on my first night alone, I was not scared and had no bad feelings. So there is something in that house. So sorry for how long this was, but I wanted to share and get you guys' opinions. Keep it creepy and don't get scared. XOXO Amber. Amber, I get you on that hallway when you're sitting there looking from the couch. I'm telling you, I always say this. My aunt had a house that had that same kind of hallway 
and she had her couch there and it terrified me, terrified me. Also, the old house that like I grew up in at the end of high school and stuff, that's the one that I would always think I was going to see either The Strangers from the movie The Strangers or Black Eyed Kids. In from Black Eyed Kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would see it out of that like picture window we had. Oh, yes. I was talking to my sister because she called and was like, so tell me about these Black Eyed Kids because I'm kind of scared to listen to the episode now. And so I was telling her about them. And I was like, you know, I think that might be why I didn't do any big windows on the front of my house. Yeah. Like, I really didn't. And I'm not scared to look. Like, I'm not scared anymore because I don't have to close that big window or anything. Well, yeah, because y'all would, like, leave it open. During the day. Every fucking day. And then, yeah, and then you'd have to go close it Mm -hmm. at night. So, hell yeah, that shit was scary. Uh Uh-huh. Every time. So, I totally get what you mean. And I'm the same way. I'm like, don't look. Don't do this. Like, let's just go. I am still a kid at heart. Like, I will jump over a fucking crack in the sidewalk if I'm like, that's going to lead down to a portal to hell. Like, I will do that. The floor is lava. Mm -hmm. All right, the next one. Hey, ladies, I'm finally making my lazy, procrastinating ass send in a story. This story dates back to 1997, my senior year of high school. My best friend and I were hanging out with our boyfriends on a Saturday night, and we were looking for something to do. We enjoy spooky things, so the guys mentioned of an abandoned house they knew of and wanted to check out. They lived in a different town other than my BFF and I, so we were up for it. They mentioned that people would party at this house, and there are rumors of animal sacrifice rituals. And, of course, my naive ass was like, let's go! So picture it. It was about 9 to 10 at night, so it's dark. Uh, sidebar, you know you're fucking young if you're, like, going to do something at 9 o'clock at night. Right. I'm like, I, I mean, I gotta have got to wash my face and uh, put my PJs on by then. Right. Get in I'm, the bed. I'm going to do something. Go to bed. Yeah, I'm, like, settled in for a long winter's nap of playing Candy Crush. <laughs> With a fucking bed cap on. No, just my CPAP. <laughs> which is why I have to wash my face at night now. We get to the house, and it's on a country road with a few houses on it. The house cannot be seen from the road because of trees and brush. We walk inside the front door of the house into the foyer. That's as far as I got. The living room had a huge pentagram on the wall, used candles, garbage, and who knows what else, and an odor. The guys decided to explore upstairs. Apparently, the stairs were trashed, so they had to climb. Well, I'm out. All of a sudden, I hear my boyfriend fall and let out a cry. I uttered a loud, nope, spun around and hightailed it to my car. All I heard was my BFF yelling for me, wait, come back. She ran after me to the car. The guys came running out and everyone got in the car. I literally felt two hands pushing on my chest, almost pushing me back as I peeled out of the driveway backwards, gravel spitting all over. As we were driving away, the guys were saying to each other, did you see what I saw? They refused to tell us what they saw. The moment I stepped into that house, I had a strong feeling that I shouldn't be there or go any further inside. Needless to say, I'm a bit more cautious now. I have more stories to share at a later date, one involving a UFO. Creep it real, Bridget. Um, The thing is, it was probably some fucking kids doing some stupid shit and they, I don't know, opened a portal or something thinking they know what they're doing with the damn pentagram. <laughs> Or a pentogram, <laughs> telegram. I don't fucking know what kind of gram they're using, but it's not Insta and they need to get off of it. Oh, God. 
Who knows? They probably scared each other, and then that's why they didn't tell you what it was. Although, I'm, like, dying at the fact that your boyfriend fell and screamed for help, and you ran. Hey. Not like, hey, oh my god, he needs my help. No. I got to go. Well, she also didn't say now husband, so. No, I know, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, for a reason. <laughs> She's going to respond and be like, no, 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 he, he is my now husband. <laughs> Be like, oh, well, you did say sickness in and health, and you were like, boy, bye. I'm going to help myself right out of this building. (laughs) Which, I mean, I would have done the same thing. Oh, we know. I mean, I would have been the one screaming your bestie, being like, wait for me. Wait, Carrie. That's what I would have been doing. I mean, and I was doing like a slow trot. (laughs) You know, you got long legs. Also, Bridget, we still use the cups that you got us. The little holographic Creep It Real cups. Oh my God, yes. All the time. This next one is titled Premonition Mission. I know that rhymes. (laughs) That could be on, uh, what was that? Schoolhouse Rock. Hey ladies, Monica here. I caught up with all of your podcasts and now I'm dead inside. Well, you know what? Just join Patreon and then you get all that bonus content. Well, Carrie, she says, but that's okay. I still have all the episodes on Patreon to listen to. So now I must begin on that journey. Yes. Well, if you're just now starting on Patreon, you got a lot. (laughs) Today, I have a story about my experiences with premonitions. Kind of. I've always had some weird feelings while growing up, like deja vu and whatnot. Out of nowhere, I will feel like I've been in the exact place or situation I'm standing in and just feel odd. A few years ago, I had a whole week where these feelings just got really intense, and I had a few dreams that were very telling. My first dream was about my coworker. I was living in the woods and I walked out to the road where my car was broken down. My coworker pulled up to me out of nowhere and she helped me to get my car fixed. The next morning, I went into work and immediately went to tell her about my dream, thinking it was very random and silly. Before I could start my story, she let me know that the night before, her car broke down on her way home. I couldn't believe it. There was no way I could have known that because she didn't tell me beforehand or post it on social media. I didn't think too much into it, but was a little weirded out. Within the next couple of days, I had another dream about one of my friends and her family. I was in her childhood home and was over for dinner. Her whole family was there, but there was some kind of tension, and I couldn't tell why nobody would talk about it. For some unknown reason, I was very angry with her brother. But once again, nobody said anything really, so I was just confused in the dream. Everyone was very passive aggressive. The next day, I woke up and immediately texted my friend about my dream. She was shocked and said the night before, her brother had snitched to her parents about something she had done to keep them from blaming him for something. He had really ended up hurting her feelings, and that must have been what my dream was about. Again, there was no way I could have known about this private family drama. That same week, I had another dream where something I dreamt about ended up happening the next day exactly how it did in the dream the night before. Unfortunately, I can't remember the details of that one, but it left me feeling very uneasy. The reason I called these kind of premonitions is because most of the time the dreams I have are about things that already happened. I've tried to reach out to friends that know more about how I can conjure up these dreams again, but it hasn't happened that intensely since. I would love to explore it more, but I'm not sure how. 
Although it makes me feel uneasy most of the time, I would just like to learn more about how this keeps happening. I still experience deja vu all the time and never really paid attention because I thought it was something everyone experiences until my partner told me he had never felt that before. What? I wish I had social media so I could talk to you all through the Facebook group. Oh well, maybe my mental health will allow me to do so one day. Until next time, Monica. Monica, oh my gosh. Well, Carrie definitely has deja vu, but I do too. And sometimes it's just like, wait, I remember this happening. And I like try to backtrack like, okay, is this blah, 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 blah. But I've never had like dreams like that or anything like that. But hopefully some someone who's listening might be like, actually, girl, I know exactly what you need. Like you need this crystal, you need this, you need to blah, blah, blah. Like hopefully y'all can connect and take us on the journey with you. Also, before Carrie starts to talk, Monica, I know you said you don't have social media, but since you're in the Creepinati Patreon, do you have Discord? Because that's like a private kind of social media thing, you know, for us. And you could get it and it's just like a small group in of the Creepinati. Not everyone in the Creepinati has Discord, you know? Uh, so it's still something that we talk on pretty much daily and like I play games and stuff on there. So uh, we would love to be able to talk to you more, hang out, all the things. So if you think you can do that, because you know, you don't have to put up with seeing other people's posts and all of that, because I understand Facebook is a lot. It really is. The worst part about deja vu is when you have deja vu that you're having deja vu. Have you ever done that? Yes, yes. That is some Inception shit that I just cannot wrap my brain around. Same. I've never actually seen Inception. Me either. So same. (laughs) Okay, the next one. My name is Jerrica, and I found your podcast after looking for a paranormal podcast to listen to. This is exactly what I was looking for. I've been obsessed with ghosts and paranormal since I was very young. My brother and I used to watch Ghost Hunters together and would get so excited for new episodes to air. I then transitioned to Ghost Adventures, which I've seen more times than I wish to admit. I love the OG Ghost Adventures episodes. I grew up in an old farmhouse in Minnesota, like over 100 years old. Not much had been renovated and it was fairly run down. I have a few stories of paranormal experiences from this house and others as I feel I'm kind of sensitive to experiences like these. Story 1. Like I said, I grew up in an old farmhouse. My bedroom was upstairs down the hallway and connected to my parents' room with a door like many old houses are laid out. They kept their bed in front of the door that connected to my room for privacy. There was another door that exited to the hallway. I was scared of the dark growing up, and still am to be honest, so I always slept with a TV, a nightlight, or a radio on. I've always had to fall asleep to noise and light or I get so paranoid, which probably stems from this situation. My first and reoccurring sleep paralysis experience. I was probably 7 or 8 years old and fell asleep like any other night with my TV on. I remember air quotes around waking up, not being able to move. I heard and saw my TV on the same channel I fell asleep to. I heard footsteps walking towards my room in the hallway. We had old wood floors and if you grew up in an old house, you know you can tell the difference between your family member's footsteps. I knew that it wasn't a family member because they were all sleeping. The footsteps got closer and eventually right next to my bed. I felt someone standing there. I was beginning to panic. I couldn't move anything except my eyes. All of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. And it felt like this thing was sitting on my chest, holding my arms down. I tried to scream and nothing came out. 
I can still vividly remember trying to scream mom, but nothing was happening. I eventually woke up gasping for air and dripping in sweat. I was terrified and this spiked my paranormal before bedtime way higher. This became a reoccurring scenario, probably a few times a year at least, and it was just as vivid every time. I remember that this presence was a man and in my head he became the invisible man. After multiple instances, I realized that if I slept on my back, I would almost always experience sleep paralysis, which I think is common with most people who experience it. So now I'm a religious side sleeper. When I was 13, I moved to a remodeled bedroom on the main floor, and it had been quite some time since I had experienced anything. Shortly after moving into my new bedroom, I fell into sleep paralysis, except this time, It was not an invisible man. It was a dark shadow standing in the corner of my room, seemingly staring at me while I couldn't move. Again, I slept with a TV on, so the light from the TV only made the tall shadow more terrifying. I only experienced this a few times once I moved into my new room, mostly because I knew not to fall asleep on my back anymore. I also experienced this a few times when I moved to my college house, which also has terrifying energy. I only had a handful of good night's sleeps the year that I lived there. Story 2. Besides the sleep paralysis, the spirits in my house growing up never felt like they meant harm. There was mostly footsteps or the TV turning on and off. I could feel something in a room with me, but it didn't feel scary. I was visiting home from college one weekend and was sleeping on the couch because my bedroom was no longer put together. I fell asleep with the TV on and had it muted because this TV was too loud even on one to fall asleep to. I woke up and rolled over and saw the TV still on. All of a sudden, the TV turned off and back on by itself. I sat up and my heart was racing when the echo dot in the kitchen said hello. I lost it. I turned the volume on the TV and stayed up watching TV until the sun came up. I told my mom the story and she just kind of laughed, never wanting to admit that our house was haunted even though me and all of my siblings had experiences. She said, you probably just rolled over on the remote. I didn't. It was on the opposite cushion from where I was sleeping. Then she said the Echo Dot probably heard the TV and responded to it. The TV was on mute. Again, it didn't feel harmful. It was just the spirits welcoming me back from college, but it did freak me out. Thank you so much for the content and reading all of these great stories, Jerrica. Oh, no, no, no. Right? Mm Mm-mm. And I feel like uh, Alexa doesn't just say hello when she answers you, right? I don't think so. Because she never says that to you like that. Mm-mm. So, no, I'm with you. And I never want to sleep over at your house because I don't want to experience any of that. But also, I'm a stomach sleeper, so maybe that's why I haven't had sleep paralysis. You know what I wonder? I'm not saying that sleep paralysis isn't real because, I, I mean, I know that it's very real when you experience it. But I wonder if there's something that happens when you're sleeping on your back that's like some sort of like sleep apnea type thing where it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If it only happens when people on their they're on their back, okay, so like you're on your back, your airway's like extended, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I could, but, but then again, I'm like sleep paralysis is real. So it's not just imagined. Mm-hmm. And I think we've had someone who said that they were on their side and. True, true, true. Cause people have been like, I was on my side. I felt something sit on my bed. Yeah. Also, thank you so much for all of your compliments. And we're so glad that you found us just randomly searching. The next person did not randomly find us though. This one's titled a sinister subdivision. 
true crime, and paranormal. Hey, Donna and Carrie, my name is Ashlyn F., and I'm sure you know me as Creep Mom's niece. Oh, we know you. You're a BFF now. Yes, and we know you as Creep Niece, girl. I've been thinking for a while on what I could share with you guys, and I remembered the perfect story. Oh my God, side note, story autocorrected to skirt for some reason. (laughs) Skirt. My phone knows what I'm up to. So I would like to just preface this by saying that this is not my own firsthand account, but a friend of my dad's. And it's also going to be kind of a long one, so I hope that's okay and that you're buckled in. My dad and I were FaceTiming his friend not too long ago, and she told us about this house she lived in back in the 90s, somewhere in South Mississippi, I believe. Another side note, I think subdivision may have been the wrong word to use. I just chose it because it was alliterative. The neighborhood she lived in was very sketchy. The houses were all extremely run down, the tenants mostly being drug addicts or just a bit off. It was not a nice neighborhood, but it was cheap for a fresh out of college student to live in. My dad's friend, who we'll call Janine, said that she never is one to believe in the supernatural or get scared, but she sensed a heavy, dark presence in the house. Like you just never wanted to stay in there for too long. In fact, if anything spooky did happen, she would either explain it away logically or just joke that the ghost did it, despite not having believed in them. One night, the dark presence in the house was particularly present, so she asked a friend to stay on the phone with her while she took a bath. She said to her friend, I don't know if the ghost will like me taking a bath right now or not, so talk to me while I do. Right after she said that, the bathroom light turned on and off three times. Before you think that the wire was just shorting out, she said that it turned on and off slowly, way too slow for it to be a flicker. The light switch was also one of the old school circle knobs that you have to turn left and right to change the lights. Eventually, Janine decided to get a dog for protection anyway, since even the neighborhood itself was sketchy. As time went on, more things like that would happen. Janine said that in one closet of the house, there was a rope hanging from the ceiling as well as a tiny little crawl space in the ceiling next to the rope. The rope was left from where the landlord's son had hung himself. And in the crawl space was a large, pristine mattress and a pair of shoes. There was no way for the mattress to fit through the hole in the ceiling and there was no other entryway to that crawl space. Over time, Janine began to become good friends with one of her neighbors, Kelly, so they decided to become roommates. Kelly and her own dog moved in with Janine, and Kelly took the bedroom downstairs at the end of the hall, and Janine's bedroom was upstairs. One night, Kelly was headed to bed, and as the dogs were following her, they stopped in the hallway and began to growl and scratch at the floor. These were quiet dogs that never even barked at the neighbors or the mailman, so this behavior was very unusual. Kelly began to get very scared, turned off the light in the hall, and shut herself in her bedroom. She called Janine on her cell phone and told her to come downstairs into Kelly's room to keep her company. When Janine started to head downstairs, she heard the dogs growling louder and barking, the most vicious she had ever heard, and they were still clawing at the floor. She ran back upstairs and shut herself in her room too and said there was no way she was going through that hall. Both of the girls were each shut in their rooms all night as the dogs growled, barked, and scratched for hours in the dark at the hallway floor. Perhaps the girls had a squatter in their house that the dog sensed, but they never truly saw anyone in there, and that was the only time the dogs ever acted that way. 
When Janine had mentioned this to one of her neighbors one day, just a small talk, they replied, oh, that's just the haunted neighborhood for you. The whole block is haunted. And would begin to tell Janine stories from various families in the neighborhood of hearing children that weren't there, things moving around their home, etc. Okay, here comes the true crime part, which I personally think is the creepiest of the entire story. The girls had some next-door neighbors that were a married couple. The wife was a short, tiny woman with no teeth, but Janine said she was a very sweet lady. And the husband was tall, lanky, wore all black all the time, and was extremely pale with platinum blonde hair and a gaunt face. The wife had said that whenever Janine or Kelly would mow the lawn, he would stand there and masturbate on his front porch while watching them. Oh my God. One day, the wife went out shopping with one of her friends, so the husband had decided that he was going to murder her when she came back. He went out, bought a pickaxe, and waited for her to come home. He waited all afternoon, realizing that she was going to be late coming home, so he grew impatient and angry. He took the pickaxe and began to chop up every item that they owned. Janine had come home from work that evening, and she said she saw him sitting on the ground outside on a pickaxe mattress in handcuffs while the police interviewed him. The wife walked up to her and told her what had happened. The wife also said while she was going through the house seeing what all he destroyed, she found a crawl space in her own attic that her husband had rigged. Inside, there is a peephole facing down into a neighbor's bathroom. <gasps> and parallel to the peephole was a metal dildo attached to a pulley that the husband would use to, well... You know. Anyway, that's my story for you. Sorry it was very long and kind of choppy, but I hope you enjoyed it, even if you don't share it on the podcast. Thank you for your time, ladies. Creep it real. XOXO, Ashlyn F. That's some fucking dastardly neighbor ingenuity, though. Oh, my God. That's so sick. Makes me so glad that I don't have close neighbors. I mean, people have telescopes, but... But from Carrie's escapades before, I know that no one can see through my my (laughs) blinds. No, we can't see in, and she can see you before you can see her. Yes. When you're trying to sneak around like the fucking Grinch. (laughs) I love that they both just locked themselves in their room and was like, nope, just let them go. Just let them be. I feel like that was, what was that show, um, Desperate Housewives? I feel like that was like the true crime version of Desperate Housewives. Oh, okay. I've never watched it. Me neither. I why do we keep talking about shows and movies we've never watched this episode and using them in reference to things like we know what we're fucking talking about i mean that's our podcast right you're not wrong oh gosh i would love to get an email now from ashlyn because she'd be like yo bitches okay so this is i know That's from any of y'all also, because the more you share, the more we know, and the more we know y'all, and I freaking love it, because you know I'm nosy as fuck. Oh, we know. (laughs) The next one is called, Why Is It Always Damn Bathroom Ghosts? Hey, you spooky, gorgeous gals. Before I get into it, I just wanted to let you know how much I love you guys. I love how connected you are to your audience. It makes me feel like I matter when you guys personally comment on my Facebook posts or chime in on Discord. Thank you for everything that you do and for loving all of us as much as we love you. Oh my God, there's so me. With all the gross stuff out of the way, let's get into it. In December of 2019, my boyfriend graduated from college, so we decided to move closer to his family from Montana to southeast Louisiana. Well, that's a climate change. And by closer, I mean into his parents' home until we could find a place of our own. 
His parents, his brother, and I are all believers in the paranormal, while he is a major skeptic. My mother-in-law and father-in-law told me before moving in that occasionally you'll hear footsteps in the hallway. But not to worry, it's just my boyfriend's grandfather walking into the kitchen to look for booze, followed, of course, by eye rolls from my boyfriend. Pawpaw passed away quite a few years ago. I'm not sure when. But he was a heavy drinker, and that's what ultimately did him in. I had a couple of run-ins with him during the eight months we lived there. As our family of four in a house with one and a half bathrooms, we had an unofficial shower schedule that we fell into. My father-in-law would shower first because he gets up at like 4 a.m. to go to work. My mother-in-law takes her bath. Since we're both night owls, my boyfriend and I would wait a couple of hours for more hot water, and then I would shower and my boyfriend would go last. One night, my boyfriend and I were watching YouTube videos on the TV when we heard someone go into the bathroom, turn the lights on, and turned on the vent. At least the ghost cares about preventing mold, too. Probably about 30 minutes later, my mother-in-law comes to our door, which was open, and says, Oh, you're both in here. And we were like, uh, yeah, we're sitting here on our bed, as you can see. She looked absolutely bewildered and said, so, uh, who's in the bathroom? Daddy's been waiting to take a shower. We just kind of stared at each other like we thought he was in there. Is he not? He wasn't. The door had been shut and the light was on, but no one was in there. I have one more quick story about this house. After COVID hit, New Orleans was a hot spot and I unfortunately got furloughed. My boyfriend, however, got to keep going to work for a while. So, of course, I was home alone when the next story took place. My only witness was a 15-and-a-half-year-old Shih Tzu who minds her own business. Two out of the three bedrooms, including ours, are on the far left side of the house down a short hallway. This hallway has wood floors and a couple of the boards creak under your weight, but only when someone steps on them. Well, picture me minding my business, sitting on my bed, playing Animal Crossing on my Switch, and I heard these boards creak like someone walked to my doorway, and then again like someone headed back towards the kitchen. I didn't see anyone and didn't hear anyone come home. I thought, maybe Bailey, said Shih Tzu, got up to see what I was up to. But this didn't make sense, as this pup weighs 12 pounds soaking wet, definitely not enough to make the boards creak. And I would have heard the tiny tippy taps of her nails on the hardwood floors. Like every white person in a horror movie ever, I got up to investigate, but nothing was out of order. No one was home, and Bailey Bug was KO'd on the couch, just snoozing away. I told my mother-in-law about it, and she said it was just Paul Paul seeing what I was up to. I was never scared, but it was certainly odd. I have a couple of more stories to send in to y'all, so I will get on that. Thanks for reading, and it's fine if you use my name on the podcast. Keep up the good work, ladies. Love, Serena W. Well, thank you so much. And you just kind of echoed what I had said previously about Discord and stuff, so thank you. Also, I know those chippy taps on the hardwood. One from Bo, one from Marley, and one from Jax. Like, oh, Lord. They all sound so different. They really do. Which is just like the other story that I read when they said, no, you know the sound of your family members, like their gate. Like, you know when it's them. Yeah. And your boyfriend better watch out because his papa might teach him a lesson because he's the only one who doesn't believe. And he's kind of like, ugh, whatever, sure. Papa might just pop off on him. And I hope he's in the shower when he does it. And I hope that he gets so scared and then the curtain sticks to him. (laughs) 
That's the meanest thing I could I think of. I was going to say, well, that is kind of mean because you know it's cold as shit. All right, last story. This is an idea for a future show and a story. Oh, a twofer one. Okay. Mm-hmm, a twofer. Hello, ladies. Have y'all ever heard of people who sneak into other people's houses and live there secretly? What the fuck? Google search people living secretly in other people's homes and dive right in. This brings me to my story. My fiance and I live in a house that once belonged to my grandparents. There's so many relationships and grandparents and family. Like, I don't know. Anyway, long story short, we moved in after my grandma passed away and the house needed some updates slash remodeling. The master bathroom underwent some renovation shortly followed by the roof being replaced. Anyway, my fiance and I were hanging out at home one evening after everything was finished. For whatever reason... I was in the master bathroom and got a really weird feeling that I should look in the bathtub. I glanced over at it and saw nothing, whatever. But then I just kept getting that feeling that I needed to look again and take a better look. So again, I look at the tub, but this time at the whole tub, sides, drain, and tub floor where I saw a necklace with a cross pendant on it. This was really weird because it wasn't mine or my fiance's. Also, I'd taken a shower only a few hours before and the necklace obviously wasn't there when I was showering. We'd had no visitors that evening. The necklace literally appeared out of nowhere. I picked up the necklace and put it on the kitchen counter. A few days later when my mom was over visiting, I went to grab the necklace to show her and it wasn't there. My fiance told me he hadn't moved it. The necklace disappeared. I was convinced someone was living in my attic for months after because of this necklace. I should mention that a bathroom exhaust fan was installed in the ceiling above the bath shower area. The necklace was found directly under said fan. For months, I would get a really weird feeling that I was being watched every time I would shower or soak in the tub. My stepdad and fiance were forced to check out the attic for unwanted visitors multiple times, but thankfully never found anything. I'm still trying to catch up on episodes, so forgive me if you've already covered the topic I suggested. Best wishes, Sienna. I mean, how do you even go on if somebody really was there? Oh my gosh. I would never, ever, ever be the same. No. And it's your exhaust fan, so it's not like you could put something over it. Right. Also, did you take a picture of the necklace? See, I love to take pictures, but then I delete them. Again, she a perjurer. <laughs> I really do. But I do take pictures. Be like, is this yours? But then I'd be like, it's gone because that's scary as fuck. Also, though, I thought it was going to be your grandma's. I thought it was going in a whole different direction. Oh, that would have been a good one. But then it went into a more sinister, uh-uh. Because that freaks me out thinking about someone living and just like being able to see and hear me when I'm like by myself at my most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Only Marley can judge me. And she's not. Oh, she judging. Yeah, but like not naked you. No, I mean, I'm not talking about my body. I'm talking about... When you're shitting. No, <laughs> all of those are normal. I'm talking about my actions that are not normal. Like you, when you walk weirdly like an Egyptian for no fucking reason. Okay, and you got it on video, so I'm cool with it. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, that's the kind of shit I do around the house because no one's looking. But then to think that someone was looking or when I'm talking to Marley, telling her all the secrets that she's not supposed to know. You know, I really, truly never thought I would ever 
meet like a man in my life where I could do that stupid shit around. <laughs> and then I met Colby. And sometimes I'm like, wow, did I really just do that in front of him? Like, <laughs> you gotta keep a little mystery, ma'am. <laughs> because I do stupid stuff around him. Like, I truly never thought I would ever find someone that I could like do the stupid stuff I do like when I'm with you. Yeah. I did, and God bless him. He probably wishes I wouldn't. <laughs> Whatever. Thank y'all so much for sending in all of these stories. They were awesome. I loved all the, like, grandparents and wouldn't... What? You said that already? I said grandparents and... I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I loved all the grandparents and the wooden floors and the, you know, stuff. <laughs> what else? There was some other wooden things. Wooden floors? Yeah, there were a couple stories with wooden floors. Oh, God. You know, the, the things, the synchronicity of it all. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Thank y'all so much for sending them in. Yeah. And if you want to send them in, send them in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Why do you sound like you say cinnamon? <laughs> <laughs> send them in. Also, Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Okay, we're going to be here for the new year. I'm just saying, I had to do that. Why did I also sound like a mouse? <laughs> Y'all, I had uh, hot cocoa before we did this. Also, when did I start saying hot cocoa? But I had some. And so sugar got me. Hi. Watermelon sugar. Hi. Did you know that's about eating pussy? No. (laughs) Your face. Your face. Well, you like went straight for the P word. I always say that. I know, but it makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I'll say politely, like if we're doing a thank you video. (laughs) She's not wrong. Um, hey, and we're starting to catch up with those. So if you haven't gotten yours, just know that it is coming down the pike. And Pike? That's definitely the word. Oh, I thought it was pipe. Mm-mm. Oh, I mean, I feel like it could be both. It's not. I'm saying I feel like both. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Still not. <laughs> yes, y'all. Someone needs to lay some pipe. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Thank y'all so much for all your support this year. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.